Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. Now it is Monday, the first day of the work week. And as always, pleased to welcome back to the program Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how are you this afternoon? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Uh, you know, not too bad, not too bad. Doing what I can to beat the heat. And, you know, I'm imagining <laughs> you're trying to do the same down in Vancouver right now. It's, uh, you know, in Vancouver here, we're not really used to this. So it's uh, <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully you're staying as cool as you can and uh, doing, doing, doing the right thing and keeping yourself out of the sun. All right, with that out of the way, let's get to some issues here related to pets. Now, there's this couple of pictures that are really making the rounds on social media here today. A dog spotted inside a crate strapped to the back of an RV headed to the BC interior this past weekend. And like I said, drawing a lot of backlash and it also has sparked an investigation. Images of the dog inside the crate posted to social media yesterday. Of course, we all are aware of how hot temperatures got over the weekend. It's unclear what charges, if any, would be recommended in a situation like this. But first of all, I'll start with this question, Kyla. On on just the, the surface level here, yeah, I think any pet owner, anyone who has any sort of um, you know love for animals or dogs is sitting there saying, what the heck is this dog owner doing? I can't believe they would put their dog in this type of a position. But is there anything, from what you know, illegal about what happened here? There is not. Uh, surprisingly, under the BC Motor Vehicle Act, uh, what the pet owner was doing in this case was actually what's required. The Motor Vehicle Act in Section 79 says that you cannot transport uh, anything, including a pet, on the running board uh, of your vehicle or on the, you know, on a trailer in the back, unless the animal is in a crate. So by putting the animal in a crate and securing this crate with tie-down straps, the driver did the bare minimum of what was required under the Motor Vehicle Act to transport the dog. That doesn't mean that I agree with it. Uh, I actually think that this is yet another example of the way that the Motor Vehicle Act really uh, does not protect the rights of animals when it comes to being transported in or held in vehicles. Um I guess you could say you could say that you mentioned it was a secure, right? They they had it down with tie straps. The crate was in a secure position. The dog wouldn't be able to really be thrown about all that much if if it were so like a, a sudden stop had to be made. So I guess sort of in the eyes of the law, you would say that the pet is protected in in you know if if there was to be some sort of incident on the road, the dog in theory would be okay. But obviously, the heat is a whole different factor. The heat is one factor, although I think, you know, if you're traveling on the highway at highway speeds with a crate with the, you know, the ventilation things, the dog would probably be getting a a nice cool breeze uh, in the crate. My bigger concern is what happens if there's a collision, Um, especially a rear end collision? The dog is going to be the first thing that's hit and that dog would not survive if there was a rear end or collision, nor would it have any opportunity to take any evasive action to get out of the way in order to protect its own life. Um, And the driver also, So in in that situation where you have a person driving an RV with the dog behind it has no ability to see the crate, see the dog and to check on the cargo and the dog's life as they're driving on the highway. So they don't have the ability to make sure that nothing has gone wrong, that a tie strap hasn't loosened um, and to make sure of the safety of their animal as they're proceeding down the highway, particularly at the types of speeds we see on highways in British Columbia. Yeah, that's the one thing that really did stand out to me as well. Like like you mentioned, you wouldn't be able to know. Like if if they, I understand that there's some belief they might have came from the Maple Ridge area. I don't know if that's true or not, but we'll just theoretically say they were going from there up towards the interior, maybe towards 100 Mile House area. 
They could have lost that dog like five minutes into the road trip and they wouldn't have known if they didn't pull over for, you know, hours upon end. That that just doesn't seem like it should fly. No, to me, it, it seems unacceptable. And, and you have to imagine that the people inside the RV are probably nice and comfortable with air conditioning. There's probably lots of room to have the dog inside the RV lying on a couch or a bed while the people are driving. Um, there doesn't seem to be any justifiable reason to force the dog to be in a crate at the back of the vehicle where its safety and well-being cannot be monitored on a long, uh, a long car trip. So uh, safe to say, uh, like I said I was off the top when I was kind of doing the preamble here, unclear if charges, if any, would be recommended in a situation like this based on what you have told me. Doesn't sound like there would be any charges that could even be contemplated in this type of a situation. The only way that the drivers could potentially be charged would be if uh, the SPCA got involved and determined that this was uh, amounted to cruelty to the animal or failing to provide necessities to the animal. They could be charged under the SPCA Act, although likely they would have a defense to that charge by pointing to the fact that expressly under the Motor Vehicle Act, this type of transportation of animals is allowed. And so it would be in conflict for the one statute to say that this is not permissible, while the other one to say this is exactly how you should be transporting the animal if you're transporting them on the exterior of your vehicle. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, there's definitely going to be some conversations that'll be had over the coming days. We'll see if the conversation has any legs beyond that. Uh, We know issues like this when they make the rounds on social media, they're a hot topic for a day or two and then seem to fall by the wayside thereafter. So I know there'll be a lot of talk about it here today, tomorrow, maybe even into the weekend, but beyond that, we'll see if anything is, is if the outrage, if you will, continues. I, I did want to talk, since we're on the subject of dogs and cars, and we see you hear your dog now barking in the background, so perfect segue. Uh, dogs inside hot cars. This is always a subject I like to bring up every single year, because, you know, the, the recommendation from the SPCA is if you're out running errands and you're doing, you know, picking up milk or whatever the case may be, you got to run into a store, you're better off just to leave your dog at home. That is always the first piece of advice. But people don't follow that. They often like to bring their dogs with them on car rides around the city. And sometimes you maybe you're getting stuck inside a store a little bit longer or you have a specific item you're looking to buy and you're having some difficulty finding it. And then your pet is left in your vehicle longer than it should be. It shouldn't be in there at all. But sometimes that happens. And, you know, I think... Pet owners out there probably are on the same vein on this. However, there's a lot of times where you see the the good Samaritan who looks inside a vehicle and says, that dog, it's been in there maybe a few minutes, they're getting worried about it, and there's people out there that are tempted to break a window. Maybe they call the SBCA, they're not showing up. They call police, they're not showing up. It takes them a long time to respond to these calls sometimes. Is that even a, a good piece of advice to give someone. Obviously, if you think the dog is imminently about to die, I I can understand smashing a window. But from a legal standpoint, this doesn't seem to end well for the person who's trying to be the savior. It usually doesn't end well for the person who's trying to be the savior. The intentional destruction of somebody else's property, even if it's to save the life of a dog, is uh, something that is considered to be a criminal offense. It amounts to the crime of mischief. So you could be charged with an offense um, and be looking at the potential of a criminal record and having to go through the court process and defend or justify your actions if you do this. Now, as far as I'm concerned, any officer who forwards charges to a prosecutor uh, in these circumstances is being very heavy handed because it doesn't seem to be justified. Um, And, you know, the real problem person in that situation is the one who left their animal in their vehicle. But uh, there is that risk. 
There are a number of things, though, that people can do if they see a dog in a hot car besides smashing the window. Um, as you mentioned, you can call the SPCA, you can call the police. Um, you can also contact uh, nearby business owners. Just go into the business and, and try and find the owner of the car or the owner of the animal. Um, if the window is cracked a small amount, you can get a wet towel or a wet blanket or a wet cloth and insert it into the space in the window. Um, that will help to cool the animal down. You can provide water uh, through the window uh, for the animal. Um, doing something like that uh, would be a technical t- trespass, but it wouldn't be the type of thing that would likely result in you receiving criminal charges, whereas smashing the window could. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a defense? Like, if if there, it is easy to prove that the dog was in imminent danger and you decided to take that step of, of being the rescuer, smashing a window, and, you know, it's pretty obvious, like, the dog can't stand when it gets out. Is that pretty easy to to say I had the right to do this to save a life is that pretty open and shut or is that still potentially pretty complicated it is still potentially pretty complicated. Thankfully, in British Columbia, when uh, people are, are charged with crimes, before the charges are officially approved, they have to be reviewed by a Crown prosecutor, which means that you get a lawyer who's looking at the evidence in the case and making a decision about whether or not the evidence has a substantial likelihood of conviction, but also whether or not it's in the public interest to prosecute somebody. And the public interest test means that in situations like this, um, most prosecutors likely would not approve a charge against a person and they would not likely end up facing charges. Even if they did, they could raise a potential defense in the sense that under uh, the um, Prevention of the Cruelty to Animals Act in uh, British Columbia, it is an offense to permit an animal to remain in unnecessary distress. So if you see an animal that appears to be in distress and you don't do anything about it, um, you could say that your defense is that you felt you had a legal obligation under that act to do what you did and that you were actually complying with a legal duty that you had, which would justify you breaking the window. All right. Well, with all that said, make sure that is the absolute last step you take. I think that's the best piece of advice to give. Yes, try everything short of breaking the window before you get in a situation where you have to make that decision because uh, hopefully you will be able to solve the animal's distress without causing damage to any property and exposing yourself to the potential of being charged with a crime. Kyla, thank you so much for the time. As always, a very timely conversation given how stinking hot it is outside. So I appreciate you joining me and talking about this. And uh, hopefully people are, are learning the lesson and just leaving their dog at home, especially when we're talking about temperatures in their 40s. But there's always some idiot out there who will, you know, not not take that piece of advice. So thank you so much for the time as always. Enjoy the rest of your Monday and we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me.